Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. My name is Joe Scrabbles. I am joined by Rory Powers. Hi, hello. And special guest, Daniel Robson from IGN Japan. Hello. IGN Rising Sun, as we shouldn't call it. (laughs) Yeah, please don't. Yes, let's not do that. Um, Daniel's joined us for the week, and it's been very nice having someone sitting next to me for once, because oh. I'm on a bank of empty desks. Are you usually you're in, like, the dunce yes. corner. So Every- <laughs> Joe away by himself. How am I in the dunce corner? I'm san- I'm in the dunce sandwich. I'm between two banks of happy people. Dunces, yeah. <laughs> two rows of dunces. Um, you're the bread to my dunce. But yeah, Daniel's been joining me in dunce sandwich. to my dunce. Yeah. Why not? Is that an English expression that I've... Yeah, man, it's all rage. So you've been gone too long, man. You don't know anything about dunce sandwiches. I do like that idea if we say anything really stupid during the podcast, we'd be like, oh, it's a UK thing. Everyone's just over here. You don't know the dunce sandwich? (laughs) (laughs) um, Yeah, Daniel, basically, we just sort of want to talk about what Japan's like because we're jealous of you. (laughs) Tell us all about your job and what IGN Japan is. Okay, so we launched IGN Japan. Uh, oh, sorry, I should turn my phone off. It buzzed. How Unbelievable. Rude. No, send it back. I'm so rude. <laughs> send, <laughs> send it back. Please. <laughs> um, yeah, we launched in uh, April last year in sort of beta, but officially like in September. So IGN Japan's only been going for about like six months, technically. Um, but it's a Japanese language version of IGN. So we cover games mainly and uh, starting to beef up our movie and TV and all that kind of coverage. Mm. Uh, we try to keep up with you guys in terms of video, which is not easy because oh, IGN produces so much well great video. Spewing. Look at the smile on Power's face. Unbelievable. It, it's funny because I'm a huge uh, Japan nerd, so I actually follow the IGN uh, Japan Twitter. Oh, cool. Don't understand what any of it is, but I really enjoy <laughs> the pictures. The pictures are great. Yeah. Actually, uh, I should tell you, it's all really interesting. So. Oh, is it? <laughs> oh, okay. My favorite thing was seeing one of my articles translated into Japanese, including the stupid bylines that I write at the bottom of all of them. And just like getting my friend who speaks Japanese to translate it back and being like, yeah, the the joke's actually funnier in Japanese. (laughs) It's like, oh, sweet. Yeah, they actually want you to move over, Joe. Turns out you're like 20% funnier in Japanese. I'll take that. I'd absolutely take that. Um, But yeah, so, I mean, what's the day-to-day for you guys then? So you're kind of a small, like a smaller operation than major... IGN, but then is it about the same size as our office? So so basically, um, so for one thing, so we're operated by a a big newspaper company's digital wing in Japan, right? So um, we have, the company itself is pretty big. Mm. Um, It's actually like Japan's biggest online like newspaper sites and stuff like that that they run. But this is the first time doing something like games and sort of youth oriented coverage. Okay. um, Or entertainment. And uh, we cover... Sort of about 40% of what we publish is translated from the IGN, US, UK, Australia, like main sites Mm -hmm. um, into Japanese. And the other 60% we make original in our office. So we have a proper editorial team. We make uh, text-based stuff. We make video stuff. So, you know, we're still small, but we're doing our best. Magazine, like games magazines are still a huge deal in Japan as far as I understand or is that perhaps been missold to me? You understand wrong, Joe, judging by the bones. Have I been understanding wrong? 
certainly lots of the stuff we so, get told comes from Japanese magazine scoops, or is that just sure it's well there's a whole load of stuff that goes on around that but um i mean i'd say that print magazines are definitely dwindling in japan Mm -hmm. um they're probably maybe healthier circulations than they are in britain but then again there's more people like there's 130 million people um so they're kind of hanging in but um, i mean obviously the websites are bigger so what, I'm, yeah. what you're saying is you're going to smash We're them. Gonna, print print is destroy, dead. You're going to destroy you that industry. You heard it here, folks, on sure. IGN. Print is dead. <laughs> um, my favorite thing that you've told me about the day-to-day workings of your office this week was that um, there's a horse racing tip site that, um, <laughs> and that they do a video, uh, a weekly video, where a woman in a bikini comes in and sort of rides about on the floor and doesn't really talk about horses very much. But the strangest thing about this is that she always wears a mask. Yeah. Wait, a horse mask? Or no, that? like, well, it, she changes masks, but the scariest one is just this woman in this bikini wearing a hockey mask like Jason. <laughs> just like, sort of, I don't know, just, just rolling around hy- a bit. Hypothetically speaking, what would one put into YouTube <laughs> to find said video? Uh, I mask? probably, yeah, I probably, should, I don't want to, I don't want to sort of piss off the the, uh, the guys on the horse racing uh, site that we have, but uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it's an amazing it's, looking uh, thing. Yeah. It's certainly different than the video we make at IGN Japan. Yeah, mm. that was that was good fun. Um, uh, a, f- a fun video that we did last week was, um, you know, on uh, uh, One Two Switch on the Nintendo Switch. There's mm. the baby game where you have to put the baby. To sleep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So we got some of the mums and dads around the office uh, all together to see who was the best at putting the baby to sleep in the baby game, and so we did like a I don't know baby sleep off. Right? Did you get people just getting furious that they thought they were really good, and it turns that out was me. <laughs> <laughs> the, the problem is right. My, I have a kid, and she's um, she's nearly five, and so it's been a long time since I've actually had to rock a baby to oh, sleep. You I know see. what I mean? Excuses, so I was out of right? practice, but but um, actually, well, one of my colleagues, you know, she's had an even longer gap, so she had the uh, she had no excuse to do better than I did. But um, yeah, one of our guys, he's just recently had twins. Mm. And so he's very, very adept. And so we actually he's like I, a pro gave him, I gave him a second switch. So no. he, had, he had to do nice. two, two at once. <laughs> and, uh, but he busted. He pulled it off, man. And he, he got uh, like the best score out of any of us. Fair play. On two switches simultaneously. Does IGN Japan have like a particularly different... Because so, like, IGN has games that work and games that don't work. Like some things just the audience aren't into as much like we don't have a huge strategy crowd for instance like do you have do you see like particular trends that we just don't have over here mm. like, yeah of course what's, yeah. what are your bigger things like what are you writing about that we're um, not so some of the stuff that's probably similar is obviously things like metal gear mm-hmm. um uh dark souls zelda like big japanese franchises mm-hmm. um do really well for us but also you know, we have things like Shadowverse, which actually IGN's been covering quite well in, in English too, but... Uh, I have missed it's, that. It's what like Shadowverse? That sounds like a realm that might exist, not a video game. <laughs> <laughs> Are you revealing some of your weird supernatural beliefs? <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. You know the Shadowverse. I see it every time I close my eyes. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that You're in Zone somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, between Perivale and Thaden Boys or whatever. <laughs> like, you know the bits at the end of the tube map? You're like, those aren't real. Perivale? <laughs> yeah. Cockfosters? Someone's I've, having a laugh I've there. I've been there. It's not as funny as it sounds. Oh, really? It's a dangerous place. It's not as sexy as it sounds, is it? No, it's uh, not. Well, to be fair, you depends think, what you're into. Yeah. You think a place called Cockfosters is pretty dangerous. Well, if you like cocks and if you like Fosters, you know, it's yes, a good yeah. time. <laughs> I never thought about the Fosters aspect. Yeah. They should really do some advertising around that. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the Shadowverse is kind of like a Hearthstone-type um, 
card game. Oh, oh right. Yeah. Is it iOS based or is it PC? Or? Uh, it's uh, it's yeah iOS and Android. Yeah. But it's it's huge in Japan. Everybody plays that, so that performs like madly well for us. Um, we have uh, obviously like RPG games do really well. Visual novel type games do really well. Oh, yeah. That's cool because you said like sixty percent of of editorial content is generated by you. So then that kind of allows for that sixty percent to be filled by what's culturally relative to sure. the Japanese audience. Yeah. A lot of it is like, I mean, for example, we're, we're never going to be able to like localize mobile game stories from IGN or, or games that are only out in Japan or hmm. that kind of yeah. thing. So those are obviously like one focus. Yeah. Does, um, is like anime a big part of it as well? We cover or, a little bit of anime, but because we just launched and we'd be spreading ourselves a bit thin to try to yeah, cover all that. Yeah, it's good to focus um, But like eventually we, we'll cover more. But yeah, we cover bits and bobs of anime like... Um, uh, what was that film? Your Your Name was the English title? Yes, oh, yeah, yeah. Your Name. And um, In This Corner of the World, it's is incredible. that? That's not out here yet, right? Don't think so. I haven't so. heard of that one. No. Uh, but I saw Your Name and it was amazing. <laughs> Mind-blowing. Actually, Ghost in the Shell was an interesting one for us because obviously it's a Western take on a Japanese IP. Was there like kickback or were people pretty excited about it? Like or? People were generally quite just really curious because it wasn't like... What I noticed the you know, in, they in the West there was the whole kind of oh, whitewashing and all of yeah. those arguments yeah. and stuff. People didn't really care that much about that in Japan, I guess. Uh, I suppose yeah. everyone was just like, oh my God, Scarlett Johansson's in it? <laughs> I, I did see, I saw, I saw, I forget which side it was, but they did an interview uh, interviewing people in the streets out in Japan about like the controversy of her being cast. Mm. And it was just very much like, I'm really excited. That's like, awesome. I, yeah. She's a good actor. I hope she does a good job. Like it was much more just fine. Shame she didn't. Uh, she did an okay job. <laughs> it was an okay movie. I still haven't seen it. I just yeah. wanted to bait you. You just want to poke the bear. <laughs> no, stop cool. calling yourself the bear. We're not using that nickname. I have to. I've just made a jacket. <laughs> <laughs> I got a bear letterman. Um, yeah, I think like that would be interesting. Uh, like, I'd love to see if they kind of engage, if your audience engages with the, the Death Note Netflix series that's coming oh, out right, as well. Right. Like, that would be really interesting as well. These are all just words to me. Really? No, oh, I you know should watch Death, Death Note. Note. You would love Death Note. Isn't someone really famous in Death Note? Like Morgan Freeman or something? No, it's... <laughs> what's his name? It's... Um, oh, God. He plays um, a Shinigami, which is like a god of death. It's who He was the Green Goblin in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man Willem movie. Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. Oh, okay. Willem. I'll watch anything with Willem Dafoe in, He looks like a god of death. His he face. He looks like just... anything evil you want him to be. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's, evil he's in a, a human body. Man. <laughs> Could you imagine if he was like your uncle or something? Oh, man. And at Christmas uncle and stuff, Willem. he's like, happy birthday. He's <laughs> petrified. Every, every single present is a jack-in-the-box. <laughs> Every with, time I open it, just with his, his face. face. Ah! <laughs> I read a tweet. Oh god, I think it was maybe by Mr. Biffo or someone like that. But it was like, you know, the last thing you want to see before you go to bed at night is Willem Dafoe grinning at the end of your bed or something. Like that. <laughs> uh, he's a wonderful actor, but he is a very. Uh, I just special, wonder. Uh, unusual face. A special sure. unusual face. <laughs> Do you just wonder, like, when he was a child, like, was he born just with that, like, just <laughs> grin? Like, his parents are like, we birthed a villain. You know what? Like, he's going to take thought over the about world. What he must have looked like as a kid. Because yeah. he. Oh, I don't know. He looked like some sort of haunted doll. If someone <laughs> has the time oh. to Photoshop uh, Defoe's face onto a, a, a baby's face, a baby's body, that would be great. Did you ever play Thumper? Um, yeah, like in, so. Is that it's that really the aggressive um, rhythm action game that I got obsessed with for a little bit, and it's on PSVR, which is amazing. But at the end of every stage, this giant screaming 
like I think they call it an insane space head from the future rises up from the the horizon. Yeah, it does look a bit like. It Willem looks Dafoe. like Willem Dafoe. Like <laughs> I, 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 I mocked up a film poster of Thumper the movie with Willem Dafoe's screaming head in the background. Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh, it was really good. I should say I really like Willem Dafoe. I don't. Oh, I love him. Too. Oh, we all love him. I don't think we're we're saying anything against him. He just is evil. He he knows he's got that face. Come on. He plays it well. He, he plays he plays his own face well. I think. We we all play our own faces quite well. Speaking of someone who plays well, uh, this is the worst segue I could no, have I'm, done. No, I like it. Let's it's okay. It. Um, we had um, Overwatch's Jeff from the Overwatch team, Kaplan, in the office this week, mm-hmm. which, if you've listened to this podcast, well, firstly, the whole reason, because the, the whole reason he came into the office in the first place was basically because I was drunk enough at one point to corner a PR when I found out that Jeff Kaplan was going to be in the UK. I said, look, we do this podcast, right? And there's this running joke that we talk about Overwatch so much that people told us to stop talking about Overwatch. So the ultimate fuck you to our listeners would be to have an entire (laughs) podcast where Jeff Kaplan's on it. And so there is now. So next week, we're going to have our podcast with Jeff Kaplan. Mm -hmm. But we haven't been able to put up any of our videos and things yet. So I thought this would be a nice chance to talk about having the the nicest and genuinely one of the smartest men I've ever met uh, in he, games. He, he was very game for all the uh, things that you put him through, I must say. It's nuts. Like, because yeah. we were really worried. He's he's a very mild-mannered man, but he's clearly very intelligent. And we'd heard these sort of rumours that if you've ever watched a Jeff Kaplan developer update for Overwatch, he does them in one take, apparently. That's the word. Like, he just sits there for 10 minutes and says everything in a perfect order, in a completely legible way. And it's kind of amazing. And it's it's become Is so- he an omnic? I think he is. Um, it's become a, a meme at this point that you, he's so good at it that you can cut his videos together and make him say funny things. There's a YouTuber that he references a lot called Dino Flask, who just, his whole career essentially is built on just making Jeff Kaplan say mean things about his own com- community and game um, and has turned him into like this strange meme. But so we got him in and we were kind of like, we got, we, to tee up a few of the things we did, we got him to like give, um, facts about every single hero in the game we made him read mean comments from IGN that one's going to be really good yeah and we were like we know he'll be able to talk about these things really well is he going to enjoy us like making him do non sort of advertising-y you know like not not essentially being nice about his game in some ways he was amazing. He was mm. so He's good. so funny. And like, it was really funny as well because we've, we've had a lot of people into this office before. Like we've had like everyone from like uh, you know, video game developers to big up movie stars like Vin Diesel that come in with 20 different people, you know, catering to their every needs. And I think it was uh, our editor-in-chief, Alex, was saying, I've never seen the team more nervous <laughs> <laughs> than when Jeff Kaplan was coming in. Like, because we had a whole morning to prep, which was get the studio ready, uh, get the, the showtimes and lineups all printed off so everyone knew what they was doing. Mm. I had like butterflies in my stomach. I couldn't believe we were actually going to meet him. This was so like, I think, monumental for so many of us yeah. to meet the guy who's built the game that we've played every single day yeah. since it was since released. For almost a year at this point. And, you know, it's kind of worrying because you always hear, like, don't meet your heroes. It couldn't have gone better. You yeah. couldn't have been nicer. It was, yeah. it was amazing. I, I, it is weird, like, kind of going... It's, it's weird being so happy to meet just, like, a guy who's made a thing you like. Yeah. But I was 
just delighted all day. Like one of the best days of my working life, just sitting around so with good. Jeff Kaplan and having a chat. And like you were saying the other day, you sort of didn't want to come across as a nerdy fan. You don't want to be the guy that's like, oh, let's talk about your game. Let's talk about your game. Because he's here for two hours. He doesn't want to just <laughs> sit there like being badgered by fans. Yeah, because you and, want to be quite professional when people come into the office. Yeah. So I was kind of like, okay, I'm going to kind of be a bit reserved and not just bombard him with my love of Overwatch. Um, but then at one point in between shooting uh, segments, I was setting up and he just turned to me and he was like, so who do you play? Who are your mains? Like what characters do you enjoy? <laughs> and I just completely froze up and I was like, um, I like uh, <clears throat> a soldier. Um, just like losing my mind about how just interested he was in not only our experience of the game, but like ways in which we are playing it. For one of the, uh, the videos that we made, we got him to kind of review esports style, almost do like a shoutcast commentary uh, over one of the games that we had played that morning. Let's not talk about that one. <laughs> we had some <laughs> highs and lows, but the whole selling point was that we didn't tell him who was playing which character. So that he could be as mean as so he, he wanted to be. So he could be as mean be. as he wanted to be. And it was be. the first thing we got him to do, so he hadn't met anyone really, and he, yeah. so he didn't have like any connection to people in the room he couldn't gauge it at all <laughs> so he, he took the piss out of Joe how I <laughs> he played Arisa Joe apart Aww. it was so funny <laughs> it was horrible and then so then like he, he's doing this for like a good 10 minutes and then of course the video ends and uh, we're all like that was great that was really really great and then Kaplan's like who was Arisa and Joe's like that, that was me <laughs> just really this ashamed little hand yeah. rises from the crowd she's new it was so funny but he complimented my diva playing mm. which yeah your switch was very good almost just melted me on the yeah. spot into a little fanboy puddle that's gonna be such a good video uh, it's going to be it's gonna Just be watch great. anything with Jeff Kaplan in it. I don't care if it's ours or not. He's just the nicest man. And in the we world. went through every single hero in Overwatch and got him to off the cuff tell him an unknown fact that we hadn't heard yet. That was yet. amazing that he just was able to just pull one out for every yeah. single character. One part where he stumbled. There was one character like and this is like 17 characters in. He was like, "Ah, oh, just thinking about something I could come up with." And I was like, "Uh-oh, we've hit a point of, you know, he's run out of things to say." And then he suddenly goes, Oh yeah, and just reels off for like five minutes. Really interesting early facts about uh, Symmetra, I think. It really was. interesting like, stuff. Yeah, like if you're as nerdy about the game as we are as well, like some of the stuff he goes into. Firstly, like confirms a load of long-held beliefs I've had about early concept art and stuff. Like we've really looked long and hard at like, the original concept art that they mm -hmm. made that he showed at um, Dice uh, earlier this year during his keynote, and we're kind of like, oh, I think that's them, and that that makes sense if that person's that one. And he said a load of things and I was just sitting there going, yeah, we were right with the rest. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll say one, I don't want to give too many away, but I'll say yeah. one that I thought was really cool and interesting um, was during the like the early stages of the game when they were uh, playing through as different characters. Obviously, like at that point, all the graphics aren't done to completion. There's like yeah. models put in place to kind of emulate what will be a finished yeah. product. So Hanzo's ult, when it fired across the map, instead of being the huge dragon, it was just a line of orbs that would kind of pass through the map. To show like the area of effect. To it's show like the, the area of effect, basically. Exactly, yeah. Um, but because they played so often with um, that version of the game running, uh, Kaplan and his team at the time would call that the caterpillar. <laughs> so anytime Hanzo ulted, they would all be on the mics being like, caterpillar, caterpillars. Yeah. <laughs> they could right. tell that the caterpillar's coming down the mic. He was saying at the end, he, he called himself a digital 
digital pack rat and apparently he's got like somewhere in a folder he's got all of these early things chronicled and apparently he's got this one clip of him getting a team kill with the caterpillar yeah i want to see that so much just so cool and then most importantly at the end of it after everything was done we gifted him (laughs) with a magnet that dale had made of the boy spray from Overwatch, which we found out was called Timmy. Yeah, his name's Timmy. He's called Timmy. Um, we gave it to him, and he was just overjoyed. We gave him, we gave him a game of the year trophy for Overwatch <laughs> and a fridge magnet of, of spray from his game, and he was definitely more excited <laughs> for the, the fridge, fridge magnet. magnet. It was absolutely <laughs> so good. Oh. Yeah, it was it was great. But this is a good excuse to also talk about the upcoming. Overwatch update, which we yeah. found out the day before he came in, and we had no questions for, because we were just like, oh my god, we were told he had nothing to announce. That's um, just what he wants you to think. That's though, exactly Kaplan. it. He's sneaky. So it's coming out on April 11th. We thought it was April 12th, but that's because it was put out by the Australian Twitter feed originally. So it's April oh, 11th. Oh, April 11th. Oh next. my god, that's so soon. Tuesday? Is that because the Australian yeah. Twitter feed always just gets the dates wrong? Or is, well, it, or is it the yeah. time, time zone thing? Either or. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, it could be both. Um, they, they probably thought it was the right time zone. Um, and it looks like what it's going to be. I've been looking at everyone's stuff with him, and mm-hmm. I reckon I've pieced it all together. I've okay. sorted it out. It's going to be... Is that with a cork board in the office? Yeah, board? with all the strings. You've got the yarn string. We were talking about string boards last week. Yeah, we finally really, got one. We really like that. Um, I'm almost positive it's going to be a... PVE, Junkenstein's Revenge-style mode featuring Mercy, Torbjorn, Tracer, and Reinhardt. In, Not Soldier? No Soldier. In the in seven years before the game is currently set when the Omnics were going crazy in King's Row in London. So you got to... I'm putting myself out on the line. That's exactly what it's going to be. And it's called King's Row, Up, King's Row Uprising because they released a comic yesterday, which I've read through, and that's essentially the precursor to them going to London to fight the uprising. And it's when Tracer's just joined Overwatch for the first time oh. as an active member. See, that four characters. would work really well in terms of PvE as well, because then you have a bunch of characters, a bunch of robots you can fight against in the PvE structure. Mm-hmm. It's also relative to the narrative as well. Yes. It's not like Junkenstein's Revenge, where it was like, were they kind of zombie robots? Or it's yeah, like it didn't just... really. It was sort of just set apart from the narrative. But apparently, yeah. I, I saw him speaking to, I think it was PC Games N, and the biggest thing they've had as a response is like we really like all these events you do but all of them are just like Christmas or like random sort of jokes like Mm -hmm. they're all none of them are set in the world you've made and everyone wants to know more about that so this is the first time they've made an in-universe event for the game you know sort of so cool I guess in this in the way that World of Warcraft does you know like a thing happens in the world and then you go and deal with that as a team yeah Um, which is really exciting like if you give a shit about the law finally they're giving you some law in the game instead of just in comics and you know yeah which is rounding wiki stuff like, which is what everyone wants like, yeah story modes i actually would love more cinematics yes um, do you think it's going to be like do you think that mode is going to be somewhere in the existing king's road map or do you think it'll be its own because you know how like junkenstein's revenge where that it was, was an, that was its own individual. It was, thing. I, I think it was, was a reskin of Eichenwald with like a, with a new courtyard bit attached. That's what to it, that's what I was thinking. I yeah. think that's what it was. Or because it was just after was Eichenwald. It? it was shortly after Eichenwald had come out. So Maybe it was like it was. two months later. Yeah. Do you think they'll do something like that then? I think it will be. Yeah, I think it will be a redone version of King's Row, which okay. would be really exciting. I did enjoy Junkenstein's Revenge. Anything that brings Overwatch closer 
to Nazi zombies. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> it's all the marriage want. of my two favorite things in this world. So this is well, these are extremist omnics. So yes. it's kind of close. Yes. There you go. Let's do it. But yeah, I think it's quite exciting. Do you, exciting do you play Overwatch? Because so, I, I realize we've just spoken for yeah, for right. Ages yeah, I'm, I'm sitting like I got nothing. But sorry. Um, basically, yeah, Overwatch. Uh, so. Um, first person and third person shooters in Japan have never really been huge but mm. it's starting now to become a thing and um, Overwatch was one of the games that did like quite well in Japan because it's it's obviously it's very accessible to mm. any, any you know anyone can play it mm-hmm. and uh, it looks cool you know it's got these great character design and stuff like that which in Japan goes a really long way mm. um, so it's definitely been doing well we cover it um, a fair bit on the site but I personally just don't have the time to commit to it it's, it's one of those <laughs> games that you just have to Really, really put time into. I think. Yeah. So if you want to, yeah, if you want to not be left behind. That, there is that. Like I think, I always like to think that there's enough there to sort of dip in and out of. But then I suppose we dip in and in and out in a way that like actually ends up being loads of time. Yeah, is it human? Because I'm like, oh, I only really play an hour now and then, but it's an hour every day, which really adds up after a while. So I think because I've had the experience now, having played it, of introducing some of my friends to it as well. And you kind of forget about that initial barrier when you're playing this game. So other FPSs, you know, it's like, okay, I get it. Like I've got a gun. These other guys have guns and we're all going to shoot each other until one of us dies. Where it's like Overwatch not only do you have to kind of understand what your character can do and should do, but what every single individual yeah, yeah, character yeah. can do to you and how to avoid it. Yeah. And I think that at the start can put up a bit of a barrier. My sister, because it's things, it's weird things you don't even think about. So my sister got the game and she was saying she wasn't really enjoying it and she couldn't kill anyone. And I was like, well, what are you doing? And she was like, well, I was trying to snipe and I just like, nobody was dying. I was like, who are you playing as? He's like, Anna, the sniper. And I was like, oh, oh no. God. It's like, you're a healing sniper. Obviously, I sound like a nerd there. Yeah. Where I was like, I don't believe you're a healing Christ. sniper. Um, but it's little things like that that I feel like, yeah, you, you probably have to sink a number of hours I into it so. before I mean, you it's can like, It's like understand. fighting games, you know, they're, they're fun to, to dip in and out of, but if you want to play them properly, then you really have to commit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Speaking I think of, it's a fantastic game, though. It's, yeah. it's, it's made with so much attention to detail, and the balancing is just insane. Well, that's it. It's like... I. I, you know, there's the constant thing is like, oh, it's just a reskin of TF2 or whatever. To a certain extent, yes, obviously they've taken a huge amount from that. But you kind of look at it and you go, yeah, but the amount of work that's gone into making it a really good reskin yeah. of TF2 mm. that works in the modern day, I don't think that's like a, a diss at all. Like, that seems like a good thing to me. Yeah, um, I also like Team Fortress 2 is a great game. Yeah. And. I feel like um, Valve should have advanced it further mm. than they actually have done. Like they still have the same classes and a lot of the same maps that they have for a very, very long time. And I know that's the way that they like Valve works. Yeah. It's like installing their games and just adding things on top of it. But Overwatch has taken it to a completely another level. Yeah. Like I think it's so far from what Team Fortress 2 created that I view them as separate separate games completely you know we were talking on the podcast not long ago about um introduce showing someone something you love and then them not appreciating it in the way you do yeah and getting really frustrated by that that's exactly you're frustrated with daniel no 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 (laughs) you just reminded me with your sister like i gave my brother overwatch for christmas and um and he's like an amazing fps player he was like when he was like 
12. He was number 14 in the world at SOCOM or something. What? Really weird. Like, he got really SOCOM good. had leaderboards? It had crazy, le- <laughs> like, big leaderboards. Lots of people played that. You needed one of those little PS2 modems to play it. Like, yeah, I just remember, I remember him that. sitting in his room. Like this little kid just fucking dominating people at SOCOM. It was nuts. Um, he's, and so he's really always been great at shooters. And I was like, he'd love this game. So I gave it to him for Christmas and he's been playing it recently. And I was chatting to him about it and he was like, yeah, I really like it. I only really play um, mystery heroes where it chooses the hero for you at the start of every game. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you're playing the game like fundamentally wrong. The idea is that you have a hero you choose. And he's like, yeah, but... If I did, I'd just choose, like, Soldier and just win every game, and, like, I'm not really interested in that. I was like, firstly, (laughs) number one, you've got a main, and you don't want to use your main, and number two, you're a arrogant dickhead. (laughs) I was just saying, oh, this is rubbish. I wish I'd never told him at all. Uh, Right, April Fool's Day happened. Yeah. And... Somehow, both of us missed the best thing that happened on April Fool's. You which, found out that you were adopted. Yes, absolutely. My dad <laughs> called me you a too? fool. And told <laughs> my God. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, we both missed the fact that Rick and Morty Season 3 came out to the point where you sent me a message April about 2nd. it. On April, April 2nd. said, did you see this happened? I said, no. Looked it up. Found... How did you... Hang, wait a minute, because my entire Twitter timeline it was... I, all taken up with Rick I have no though. idea I don't know like, I think I must be following the wrong people or something it's very odd but like you told me about it I looked up found a stream of it and just I was <laughs> I got your message on the toilet <laughs> 25 minutes later still on the toilet <laughs> finishing up <laughs> finishing up Rick and Morty <laughs> I was like Thanks, well man. I'm not going to waste any time going in my bedroom to watch this this is ridiculous I'll just watch it on my phone <laughs> I said when you told that story I, I was like I bet your legs were asleep but apparently you had like a shuffle game going oh yeah so I was, was jiggling around blood, I was, blood I was, flowing I was keeping everything rolling so. <laughs> you're, you're making me sort of visualise more than I uh, particularly want or need to it's very it's a very Rick and Morty visual <laughs> it's, it's a it lot is. of sci-fi business going down there go ahead like the ultimate April Fool's Day joke as well. It's the or reversal. It's yeah. a reverse April Fool's, isn't it? How long have people been waiting for that third season? It's years uh, now, right? Uh, it's a year and a half since season two finished. Only that? I thought it was 18 longer. months, yeah. Gee. I mean, that's still a long time in... in TV world. TV. TV land. These days. Um, I watched it two and a half times that day. Yeah. It was great. I thought it was incredible. If you don't... If, if you don't know what the story was, the best thing about it, everyone, they've trolled people already by saying season three is out and then re- releasing like a trailer that's just made up as a Rick roll made out of all the things from Rick and Morty yeah. and stuff. So everyone just believed that they were being trolled again. And the way they did it is really weird as well. They just had it on a loop, not rewindable all day. Yeah. So just sort of this weird like single episode TV channel that they set mm. up for the day. Which is, what if you came in like halfway through and then you well, like exactly. cuz I because we missed it so we just watched like ripped yeah, copies yeah. of it. But yeah, what if you came in like right at the end and then it just spoils a bunch of stuff or yeah. I have no idea. I kind of expected it to be like some weird looping time travel narrative or something because they oh, always do yeah. stuff like that. That could have been really. And then interesting, I watched it. And was actually. like, oh no, it's just a really good no, episode. It's just a really good episode. Ah. Sounds like flying on a, an American airline, you know, where they, you can't pause any of the films. Yeah. And it's just on a loop. Oh, I remember so waking up when I was a kid, going on holiday and waking up halfway through. Is it the Fugitive where it's Harrison Ford? No, it's not the Fugitive. What's what's the one where Harrison Ford's like trying to save an Amish woman? Or is that the Fugitive? Uh, wasn't that? Um, 
Oh no, Witness. No, that Witness. Be, yeah. yeah, I just remember waking up halfway through Witness and just being like Saracen Ford and loads of Amish people, <laughs> not knowing if that was like a comedy or a proper film. Just being like, oh my god, Did and not be able to concentrate on anything. Have else. I ever talked on this podcast about my irrational fear of Pinocchio and donkeys? No, because because of, oh. of that same experience. Oh, okay. Um, I was on a flight over to America, and I think it was like a nine-hour flight. Um. And one of the only movies that they had streaming that was for kids was Pinocchio. Mm. And at the time, I was really ill, like on the flight going over. Um, and, I, and I just remember I watched Pinocchio once, and it was that scene, you know, where the the boys turn into donkeys. Yeah, the most terrifying scene in. Re- so that's already quite scary. Disney history. And I remember watching it once <laughs> and being like, "That was horrible." It's like I I just do not feel well at all. So I was basically went to sleep after that, but with I fell asleep with the headphones in. And I was having, oh, the, I was having these weird fever dreams. And for some reason, I kept like waking up, like half awake mm. every time that donkey scene like came on. <laughs> so it was just nine hours of donkey nightmares. Like call of the donkey <laughs> nightmares. All the way to America and just getting on. And like to this day, the EO of a donkey just chills down. I just got chills there just like, thinking about it. Well, it's like at least if, you know, if you're going to turn into like a wolf or something, that's cool. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that is and cool. Donkey. He's turning cool. into a donkey. It's really Jesus, God. And it's the way it happens because he, he doesn't know what's happening. It, you know, it's oh, like ears, one ear comes up, right? And, ear, like, and then he gets, bu- and then and then he starts freaking out, and he's like, "What's happening?" And he can't speak anymore. I, oh God! When he I'm loses his really voice, it's worse than the bit where it's basically the same as the bit in the Matrix where Neo's mouth closes up against his will. Those <laughs> two things yeah. are the same, but only more horrible because yeah. it's a child. Or audition? Have you seen the movie Audition? I have not seen. Dude's being movie. tortured by, by a donkey. By a donkey, <laughs> and the, the donkey's uh, sort of braying in his. Face. No, it's. Uh, <laughs> You haven't seen Audition? Audition is I, uh, I know of it. Me it's, it's exactly the kind of film that oh, I hear about and then decide to read the plot of in, on Wikipedia instead of watching because <laughs> that's a sanitized way of dealing with horror for me. It's a film in it's by uh, Takashi Miike. It's a classic sort of Japanese horror movie, mm. and it's about this guy who he works at a TV station and his son wants him to remarry because his wife's I don't know dead or whatever and um, so he tries to find a a girl by sort of staging a fake audition for a TV show and then Mm. sort of stalking this girl but she turns out to be like a killer like a psycho this sounds really interesting what's it called the audition 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 I'm gonna look it up I've heard about it being like one of the more disturbing movies it really is again I mean it really gets out there like I won't I don't want to spoil the ending for you but uh when you're talking about being unable to speak while unspeakable <laughs> things are happening to you, that is a film that superb. Uh, All right, there's your mind. triple bill: Prince Charles <laughs> Cinema, Pinocchio, Pinocchio, The Matrix, and Audition. Let's go. Well, don't start with Pinocchio because that shit will just clear the place. Yeah, like, that's, I'd be that's so number scared. One horror. Yeah, honestly, I, um, I think it's the scariest film I've ever seen. You just reminded me of. Um, have you ever seen Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me? Yeah, where is this podcast going? Time ago. <laughs> so, there, so there's that central to that is like a time travel narrative, but I'd never seen it. I still never seen it in full. I fell asleep really? watching the DVD of it once, and um, it's Shagadelic, baby. Well, well, exactly. <laughs> he has to get his mojo back. <laughs> and I'm not sure where his mojo was. Um, I, so I was, I was watching. I fell asleep during it, and. Um, I woke up and you know when you're sort of in that like dream haze where you're just like I don't know where I am or what's going on I was at uh, my ex-girlfriend's in her spare room not we just weren't allowed to sleep in the same rooms because of our parents. We didn't, we had like, oh, an argument. Oh, I thought that was like a weird, like no, you were living there. I just there. appeared yeah. in her spare room. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, and, um, and the DVD had done that weird thing that 
where the film ends and it started playing the special features. Oh, so okay. it was just playing deleted scenes and outtakes. But I was like half asleep and I I didn't know I'd fallen asleep for that long. So I was like, wow, this time travel narrative's really out there. <laughs> like everyone keeps like laughing into the camera and like <laughs> or like appearing in the wrong places. And I was just sitting there for like five minutes, just being like, what the fuck is this film? <laughs> I can't believe this was successful. It's like more confusing than Primer. <laughs> the amazing. best things in life happen when you're halfway between dreaming and existing. Yeah. It's so great. What a magic dreaming and existing. existing. <laughs> so when you're dreaming, you cease to exist. Yeah. That is true. I've Don't seen, you, right? Yeah. I've seen you have a little nap and just fade out like <laughs> so, you're back to the future. <laughs> <laughs> I have to like when I wake up like my hands are still gone I have to like shake it out yeah you can't hit the alarm clock you're just phasing through it fucker what's the weirdest thing you've ever done in your sleep as long as it's not actual nightmarish stuff like killed a I don't know cat I've, I've never killed a cat in my sleep no 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 I said don't ask um, that I don't think I've ever killed anyone in my sleep what come yeah. on Weirdest thing I've ever done in my sleep. I mean, I get dreams. So I've lived in Japan for 11 years. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes I really miss, like, some British food, which I never thought would happen, but I really do. Mm. And sometimes I have dreams, like stress dreams, where I'm in a Tesco or a Sainsbury's. Oh, you were telling me about this the other day. And, like... And, and I'm, I'm suddenly there and there's all the stuff I really want is all there in, in the supermarket but my flight leaves in an hour and I have, I have to go oh and I can't, gosh, and I can't buy anything that's yeah. deep that's that horrible is, wow it's really like nightmarish yeah. <laughs> mine's way less complex than that <laughs> I just um, one time fell asleep with my uh, my arm behind my head so that throughout the process of the night it cut off all circulation to my hands mm. well, that was your hand ceasing to exist <gasps> yeah, so it's all true so I uh, I woke up halfway through the night and then put my other arm back there and felt another human's hand <laughs> on yes. my pillow and I just grabbed it and started screaming and like I didn't realise I was just shaking my own <laughs> like hand like Samuel L. Jackson's arm in Jurassic Park <laughs> I was just like ah! and then of course it starts tingling and you realise this isn't another human that's just, amazing Samuel L. Jackson's not in Jurassic Park Samuel L. Jackson yes he is he, is. In Jurassic he says hold Park. on to your butt hold on to your butts he's the guy that runs all the computer systems he's always smoking a cigarette and when was the last time oh you saw Jurassic God, Park oh he was wasn't he yeah <laughs> I forgot all about that you to be, really to be made fair, me I had as well yeah. about that. it's such a weirdly minor role like he's got a couple of significant lines but he doesn't really do much at no. all yeah. and he's a direct result of uh, as we've talked about before Muldoon being, being an prick. idiot yeah. <laughs> Uh, we've got to show you this YouTube video of Muldoon being an idiot. It's brilliant. It's one of the best things ever. We didn't make it. Um, what was the other thing? Oh, yeah. Just the thing. When I woke up once, I was half asleep, and apparently I, in my dreams, walked over to the French doors in my mum and dad's living room because I was sleeping on the sofa and started trying to like wrench them open without unlocking them. And someone in the room was like, what are you doing? And I was like... The baby. <laughs> like, That's genuinely like, scary. It's out there. <laughs> the baby. The baby's out there. there, and that was it. And then I went back to bed. Is that like the truth is out there, but sort of <laughs> it's just, yeah. baby version? Yeah, sort of very. There's a reason you're on a child. desk by yourself. Yeah, it's, cause, <laughs> <laughs> it's not an accidental. You fade out. I just mutter about the baby no, to myself. The seat next to him is occupied by the baby. It's just it hasn't, <laughs> yeah. it's still out there. It hasn't hasn't come. This to is napping. That's why, Chris, yeah. that's why Chris Tilly left is because I kept shouting that he was sitting on the baby. <laughs> <laughs> you kept trying to put a bib on him. <laughs> 
So that's Rick and Morty season three, apparently. It's great. If you watch the show, you should watch that episode. We, we just only just got Rick and Morty in Japan because mm. um, like Netflix has just started to become a thing. We had Hulu and then we got Netflix. And... Um, they started to like localize all, like Black Mirror was one that we, we got with like Japanese subtitles. Oh, okay. so I was like, oh my god, I can actually recommend this show to people now. <laughs> and because um, Black Mirror, if you don't understand good English, that is not an easy show yeah, to follow. Yeah, it must be tough. But uh, so Rick and Morty, it's been great. I've been sort of uh, late to the party, but sort of catching up from, from the beginning. It's funny because we were late, really late as well. We only started watching it when, when it was added to Netflix, which is like a year or two after yeah. the actual airing well, like, date. About. I think it was about six months after the first series finished, someone recommended it, and I watched all of it at the time, uh, the first series, and went, hey, I'm not I'm not really sure about this. I think I was just in a weird bit where I was like, oh, I'm not, it's all a bit sad. I don't want sad comedy. And then, like... <laughs> sad comedy. Well, uh, yeah. It is kind of depressed. There's there just bits where you're just like, oh, this is horrible. I don't, like, the the jelly bean in the oh, Magic Kingdom That's one of the place. worst. So awful. I was just sitting there like, oh, I need this in my life. And you started watching it. I was like, yeah, I'm not really sure. But apparently season two was really good. So I watched all of it again. I was like, this is one of the best comedies I've ever seen. It's I love so sad good. comedy now. <laughs> um, yeah, trying to sell it to people is always a difficult thing. You kind of just have to be like, look, take my word for it. It's, and you, it's incredible. And it's one of those ones where you've got to sort of... I hate that recommendation, but you've got to Persevere. watch like four episodes to really understand what how smart it gets with its own in-jokes and stuff. Yeah. Like the amount of theories that have come out about things that happen in the background and things like that. Like there's one bit where <laughs> he throws... In one TV show, I think it's Gravity Falls, some guy throws a load of stuff through a portal. And then in the background of a shot in Rick and Morty, all the stuff falls out through this portal. And you're like, what is going on? How are they they dealing with all of this? And one of the cool things that came out of the first episode airing is that they announced that season three will be coming out this summer, which is really exciting. Still a little ambiguous, but at least we have... A time lockdown. It's enough it's time to, to get like winter. McDonald's to get the Szechuan sauce back in. Yes, Szechuan sauce. <laughs> which is a weird in-depth joke. Nine more that seasons. That sweet McNugget sauce. I really want to know which person in the Rick and Morty family have you? Because you've watched some of this episode, not but not all of it. Yeah, I, have I you hit the Szechuan the... sauce section? Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. someone in that show has incredibly fond memories of a niche dressing. But you know, I get this in Japan all the time because you always get these like special um, limited edition chocolate bars and stuff like that and snacks. Right. And they're available for like, you know, a really short time. And so you just spend the whole time just trying to stock up on as much as possible <laughs> and you find one that you like, you know, because you know it's going to disappear. Yeah. Well, that's an amazing segue into our next section, which I have called <laughs> eating crazy Japanese food. Ooh. We've been told off for eating on this podcast before, but Dale's not on it. So. And we're going to be very sensitive about it because I even I hate the sounds of people eating on a podcast so the eating will commence far away from mics where the audio was cut and then the review will be done after eating yes. is, has commenced. Well, also, I mean, the sound of people eating on a podcast is generally disgusting, but most of the snacks I've brought from Japan are disgusting in their own right anyway, so, <laughs> so <laughs> thematically just, it works. You're going to hear oh far God, away screaming. Listen yeah, so I, I, I've brought, I brought a few bits. I've, sort, I've brought some that are uh, genuinely very nice and some that are genuinely maybe not so much. I'm really excited. And But these are all things that people, you know, would normally pop into a convenience store and buy. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Where should we start? I wish I didn't drink all my water now. <laughs> <laughs> this was a mistake. Maybe let's start with uh, this uh, very, Is that a very can of standard... Coke? There's just a can of Coke sitting on the floor. What the hell? How there long you has go. been here for? Sweet. Thank you, God. I think that's Jeff Kaplan's. <laughs> Sweet. So this is uh, umeboshi. Umeboshi is pickled plums. Oh, okay. Um, 
somewhat tart pickled plums. I'm I'm into I'm into. Have have tart. a little have a little sniff oh, okay. maybe before you. How does oh, that, good think, lord! I think I've maybe that? had this before. Oh no, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> so the, these are particularly tart ones, but uh, you get all, all different varieties. So they come that. in they come in different levels of tartness. They do, and you get some that are dried out. These ones are sort of still squishy. Oh, they're very. Uh, you can get drinks that have pickled plums mixed with um, uh, shochu. You know, it's, okay, it's Japanese. Oh uh, god, spirit. Oh god, that's interesting. I can't. I can. There's. It's. Is there such a thing like an aftertaste? Is there an after smell? There's an after smell to this that I like. There's <laughs> the nothing initial, I like about this. <laughs> the initial hit is like pure vinegar almost. All right, are we going on this? Yeah. Let's try this out. Okay, okay here we go. It's like oh, it's much harder your... than I thought. It's crunchy. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so you both look a little bit uncertain. <laughs> I, thought, I thought these ones might go down quite well. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Ah. Ah. This it really feels like oh, it feels like the sweetness that you want. It's oh. like teasing you and never actually comes. Like I thought uh, halfway through, I might. Oh, it's really oh. lingering. <laughs> wow! Oh, holy shit! It's it's got one side oh. of my mouth. It like burst with vinegary oh, juices. I'm crying. I had to just swallow the whole thing whole. I couldn't even chew it all. Ah. Oh, is this good uh, Good radio? Yes. So. Hearing Rory Wretch is one of the funniest things I can imagine. I'm really sorry, guys. I'll, I'll hold it brilliant. together. More. Let's, oh, go, let's go with something a little bit more standard then. So this is... Um... You glad you found that Coke? Oh my god. What if you drank that Coke and it just tasted a bit? <laughs> it's been there for so long it now Please tastes Please tell me that's the worst plums. one. Is that the worst I don't one? Think this is... Be. This is... Um, I'll give a little shake here. This is a, pa- a packet of uh, khaki pee. Okay. Khaki pee, which is to a, a, a British person, is a slightly comical name for a snack. A little bit. Um, and it's a mixture of khaki, which is like... Um, little... Uh, Pickled sembe. plums. <laughs> little pickle plums. No! <laughs> no, they're, they're very... They're actually extremely delicious little uh, rice crackers. Okay. Uh, uh, actually, not rice, bean crackers, oh. I guess. And it's mixed with peanuts. That's where the peat comes from. Oh, I'm into this. sounds okay. pretty good. And, uh, awesome protein. This is a, a standard uh, otsumami, which means... Um, oh, that's uh, really good. ...snack that you might have with a beer. Oh, I haven't got any of the... I want a peanut. Yeah, you've got to make sure you I get a good a distribution of peanuts within there. Yeah. I've got mostly... All right. So this is something that you would, you know, find in any any convenience store. Okay. And it, sometimes when you go to a bar, they might put a little bowl of these out for you right. to uh, to pick on. I've got one on the floor. <clears throat> All right. Oh, they're just really nice. They're I'm worried about how noisy these are going to be. I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat over here. They're going to be quite crunchy. Oh, it's some spice. I so can you can get uh, you can get different levels of you can get some really really spicy ones. Mm-hmm. This is more a standard level of just you know a little bit piquant maybe. This is perfect. I'm down with this. I'm just going to eat all of these all day. <laughs> I'm into that. I'm into that one. Yeah. Okay. You're back. I'm yelling because I'm eating far away from the mic. Neither of you are vegetarian, are you? No. Uh, so first of all, well maybe if you if you see the, oh, <laughs> the package here. <laughs> what is it? Just a dead horse? Oh, it's fish. He's a little tiny, dead horse? tiny little uh, desiccated uh, fishies. Um, I, That's you, not what's in there, is it? You, you might appreciate the um, this sort of heavily pixelated font work. That's going <laughs> oh, on, good lord! On the packet that looks like they sort of stretched it to the wrong resolution. There. This is a quality manufactured product. Did you see uh, the? 
um, the picture that went viral the other day of a, I think it was like a sushi restaurant that had a picture of their menu, but they got it so wrong that for one of their plates, just uploaded a picture of sushi USB pens <laughs> by accident. <laughs> like a platter of like sushi USB pens. <laughs> I thought that was incredible. Okay. They might have done it for a joke. I'm sure no one, they couldn't, surely couldn't have. They didn't think anyone was going to tweet it out to the world. <laughs> That's fair. So you, you should fish. notice, by the way, how easy all of these packets are to open. In Japan, all packaging is easy to open. In Britain, you guys are savages here. Yeah. <laughs> I can't open any thing at all here. Yeah. Everything has a little cut in it that you can just open that's it just a, like that. That's, that is not a cultural comparison I was expecting to hear. No. Well, that, we're we, we little, that we're savages. Can you get a little waft of that? I don't want to. Oh, so, yep. Here we go. See, I quite like sardines and stuff. Oh, <laughs> this tiny little eyeless fish. I'm not going to eat would the you eyes. Rather the eye, would you rather I'm the eyes were in there? The eyes. I don't know. So these are whole whole fish. Uh, um, I don't know what kind of fish these are. They're tiny little we, guys. This, this is disgusting. This is a worry. I've done I've done a lot of bad things in my life, but I don't think I deserve this. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that this is what was going to happen when I agreed to be on the podcast. Can I break it? If you want. And hack? Can I break is that, it? Yeah, just have a little nibble. I'm going head first down my... Oh my God, it looks so strong. It's not breaking. <laughs> you go to the gym every day. <laughs> oh, it's it's it looks like it's kind of got like a jerky texture to it, which I'm into. Mm. Okay, I'm going head first. Oh, no, I'm not into it. No, I'm not into it. <laughs> what happened there? Did you, did you get any of it? I got a sniff. Whiff. I got I'm a whiff. going for it, I'm there. Oh, oh, it's so hard to eat. Oh, it's like a twig. Oh. This is very entertaining for me. I wish we were uh, I'm just eating some, salt taking a water. video that I could show everybody back at the team in Tokyo. You're more than welcome to video us. <laughs> I, I like the taste. Who would put this in their body? Uh, no. This is, I should say, oh. this is very, very, very popular snack. Mm. Yeah. My wife loves things like this. I think I could get used to it over time. I actually really like the flavor. Like, it's no. it's a dry sardine, base, like, flavor, basically. Oh. It's just the fact that it it's like biting through a tree. No, it's right, really right. strange. I didn't expect a fish to be yeah. so unyielding. I can't believe you ate its head. Hey, all of it. Again, I think it probably helps if you have a beer to wash these down with. But yeah, that's definitely like a salty thing that would go nicely with a beer. My favorite so far out. is the the peanuts and the, the khaki pee. Yeah, the khaki pee. What the thing you've had before, essentially. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have like a cheeseburger down there or something. That'd be well, great here's, as well. Here's, here's one you might at least recognize the brand <gasps> name here. Okay, are those the green tea? So the, the, these are uh, wasabi. These are wasabi flavored oh, Kit Kats. Oh no, I hate wasabi. So do you? I mean, I'm going to have it. But. Me too. Well, so basically in Japan, we have all kinds of different flavor Kit Kats. The strawberry ones are and unbelievable. depending on the region of Japan, you get certain flavor Kit Kats that you can only get in certain regions so that when you go on holiday there, you can pick up a little uh, gift or whatever. And we also have a Kit Kat specialty shop in Tokyo. Like the M&M store, but better. Probably. I haven't been to the M&M store, but they, they, they sell like gourmet Kit Kats that are like these incredible like creations, you know. Wow. Steak on the inside. These are not those. These are, I think these are local to maybe Sapporo. I can't remember. Okay. So these Wait, are, should we just open one and have a, have yeah. a stick each? So I these should are say wasabi also, I mean, Kit Kats. If, if you like Kit Kats and if you like wasabi, these are absolutely delicious. <laughs> so, are you one of those people? I, I am. All right. I'm quite worried about this. 
So what, it's, it's well, it a, smells quite nice. It's a sort of wasabi colour, isn't it? It's like yeah, a, it's I, definitely, it's, yeah, it's got the wasabi colour. It smells just like white chocolate. Yeah. I'm really worried about this. Also, my hands stink of fish now. So so I'm getting a sort of wasabi fish white chocolate. All right, right, let's go for it. Let's see. They're both Mm, looking fairly. Sorry, yeah. You both, you both look uh, not too outraged. This is actually quite nice. Mm, Really nice. Yeah. It's not. I thought it was going to be way stronger Mm. on the wasabi side. It's much more Kit Kat. Oh, it's just got Mm. like a hint at the end. That's really mm-hmm. delicious. Very well good. Well done, Kit Kat. That's my favorite well so far, actually. Yeah, I'm into that. I've Kit- seen they Kit make Kat. like green tea ones as well. I'd yeah. love to try one of actually, those. Actually, they have several different varieties of green tea ones because they have because <laughs> in Japan there are so many types of tea, mm. and mm. Uh, yeah, you can get all kinds of different uh, Kit Kat oh, tea, tea Kit Kats. That was great. That's uh, yeah. That's almost better than a regular Kit Kat. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that's almost better than a tiny <laughs> little tree head. fish. Tree <laughs> weird twig of a fish. Have we got time to do more? Are you, are we, I'm, don't, I'm, let's keep going. All right, I, I've just got a couple more. Dale here. can cut it out. <laughs> so this one is called uh, Geso. Um, this is uh, well, I'll tell you what. There's a little window in the packet, so oh maybe you can Lord. maybe you can see what these are. What do you think? These look like things that. You collect in Zelda after you've killed an animal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, killed them after you've killed a sort of are a sea base. Are these bokoblin guts? Yeah. Um, these are squid tentacles. Okay, I can get down been, with that. Uh, Dried. That have been jerky. I guess. Why don't we start with the plum? The plum really threw me for a loop. <laughs> are you all right? You're clutching your stomach. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm, I'm ready for this. Oh, and they've got uh, lemon lemon uh, sauce on them. Lemon flavored. Oh, they squid smell like tentacles. Dog treats. What did you say this was? Squid, uh, squid, squid, squid tentacle tentacles. jerky. Squid tentacles. Oh, there's the suckers. You can, yeah, you can see all the little tiny... These are, are very serious? tiny little, uh, little squid, things, mate. but you That's, can see the suckers on there. Well, they, actually, they do actually smell like dog treats. Yeah, they do a bit. I'm worried about this. All right. They really do. It smells like pet food. Like a this pet is, shop. You get this from pets at home. <laughs> <laughs> we do actually have like gourmet pet food uh, shops where you can get like um, little dog biscuits that are shaped like actual cookies and cakes and stuff I like love that. love it. I want to hasten to add, I wasn't doing that out of like a, ooh, you eat dog food type stuff. It just does smell that way. It does That's my only like, point of comparison. I'm just waiting for the next one where it's like, so the next one is a toy that you just chew. <laughs> yeah, uh, just a it looks ball. like a newspaper. It's not a newspaper. Uh, okay. All right, let's give this a shot. Oh, it's very hard. It's actually quite nice. It's just sort of lemony and fishy. Yeah. Oh, no. Here comes the fish. There's the dog food flavor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Rory's face is, like, screwed up completely. I think, really? It's so bad? It's very tough. It's just I can't... It feels like I'm raiding the, the bins at... Dog food. That pets at home. <laughs> Would it help if I assured you that you're definitely not? I mean, these are yeah. <laughs> these are definitely legit. I didn't. Uh, it's it's. Wait, let me just first... check the sell by date. <laughs> <laughs> the first taste is nice, and the second taste is or the aftertaste is nice, but there's a middle section where I definitely feel like that's not made for me. <laughs> that is that is a food that would survive a nuclear apocalypse. Like, it would be unharmed. Well, I mean, the the tentacles and the fish would come back to life. (laughs) That's what would happen in a nuclear... (laughs) 
Nuclear VR box. overlords. <laughs> now, Daniel's opening a box that's yeah, coloured yellow and black, one. which is nature's colours for danger. Oh, yeah, so what I don't trust what's wasp about flavored, to uh, no. <laughs> oh this is, um, So the yellow and black... So, okay, so first of all, I'll explain what this is. This is okonomiyaki, which is a Japanese... Uh, like a sort of a, a pancake made from cabbage and... Um, Egg and then whatever like ingredients you want in there, like I can get down with that. Uh, and you you cook it on a on a hot plate, and it's really de- super delicious. Oh, okay. um, turned into this one is a turn, turned into <laughs> shit crackers, right? Sem- okay. Sem- oh. Sembe crackers. And um, I bought these uh, when I was in Osaka visiting um, Universal Studios Japan to go check out their uh, Monster Hunter attraction. That oh man, I'm so jealous. And. Uh, so the reason this is yellow and black is that the local um, baseball team, the Hanshin Tigers, is that's their uniform color. And so Fair play. You find a lot of like snacks and products in Osaka that are yellow and black. Right. Um, so don't worry, it's not a warning. <laughs> um, the warning is that uh, I bought a, a pack of these for our team as well back in um, in the Tokyo office um, to try, and everybody hated them. So. <laughs> um, All right. That's that's where the warning comes in. I think there's and those guys like the tree fish, fish and the plums. <laughs> So there's two different flavors. There's um, mayonnaise uh, flavor, one with sort of mayonnaise topping on it. Mm -hmm. And there's one that is just sort of a cabbage flavored one. I'll take mayonnaise. I'll take cabbage. Let's try both. Mayonnaise is my favorite condiment. So here's mayonnaise. Hopefully this is something you go by. And this one is cabbage. Okay, cool. And they're all individually wrapped in little. uh, They feel very thin. I wasn't expecting it to be quite so thin. Oops. Basically like a cracker, yeah, like a little like a mini. Dry oh, it's pizza. quite sure. strong smelling. So okonomiyaki oh. usually comes topped with little um, um, fish uh, bonito fish flakes. Okay, called katsuoboshi. I think we're all right for now. And uh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's that's on those that's, that's on, on those crackers. Oh, that, that's, worry, what the, that's what the fishy smell is. I think my RDA for fish is maxed out right now. <laughs> the, the, may- the mayonnaise one also has prawn on it. Um, that sounds quite good. Sobakasu, which is like. Uh, Bits of the batter from uh, it's bits of the stuff that comes off when they're making soba that they turn into like a sort of a batter. Okay. okay. Topping. Uh, All right. I'm cabbage ready. one has uh, onion, cabbage, prawn, stuff like that. I think I got a prawn there. I thought it was a chili, but that's a prawn. All right, I'm I'm moving away for a crunch. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna go the whole whole big deal. Whole thing. Yeah. What's the verdict on these then? It's basically just quite nice. That's like. Mm. It's a bit like the texture I would imagine chipboard is like if you watered it a bit. <laughs> um, but the flavours. What do you think? It was okay. Was your mayonnaise the kick? Not enough to eat the whole cracker. No. But I did go for a second bite. Um, so if, if eating the whole cracker is 100%, <laughs> this little yeah. pie chart, as you can see, I left about 25. Okay. So, so that's a 75% that enjoyment yeah. level. Okay. I would not have another one. <laughs> no. But even still, that's not the worst one. Again, I can't tell whether it's the accumulated number of fishy things I've had. There's a lot of fish going on in my <laughs> you mouth You have gills right on now. your neck right now. Do I? Yeah. Oh, sweet. Just, just generally having all this stuff now mounted up on the table and all opened up, but there is a sort of an aroma, isn't there? Yeah, yeah it's very yeah. Zora's Domini up in here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a very interesting mix of things. Like, this is the weirdest sort of midnight what, feast. I've never really given much thought about what Zora's Domain must smell like. But Reeks. Yeah, oh, there's no way that place doesn't stink. Oh, horrible. 
like what's the worst smelling place in in Zora's the domain, world? man. You reckon? I reckon, yeah. Because like the, the Goron one is just going to be like hot and burny. That's I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm okay. It's not good. That smells of eggs. Eggs is better than fish. Really? I, I don't Rotten like fish. Eggs. I don't like fish. Uh, says the boy who just ate a fish head. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't eat the fish head. I can see the head right there. Shh, they don't know. You ate a middle. You ate its guts. This is why we stopped the video podcast. So I didn't have to get blamed for not eating fish heads. <laughs> this, this has been enlightening in a way that I wasn't expecting. Is that all of them? That's all. Yeah, I mean, I can. I, I look can, at you. I'll bring oh, one next time. Uh, so, Joe, what are we saying? Is the worst one. The worst one, uh, I think it is actually the plum. Yeah, the plum. The plum really hit me <laughs> in a way that I wasn't expecting. Like, because it, it also because I expected it to be much nicer. I think it ruined me by expectation. <laughs> I was yeah. like, this is going to be fine. It smells a bit weird. And then it was, it was powerful. The tree fish, I quite like flavor wise, but it was difficult to bite them, which seems wrong. I don't like a fish disrespecting me that way. <laughs> That's basically How my issue it. with it. Come on, land Jesus. your turf <laughs> and try and tell you what to do. Um, uh, the, the kaka pee. Is that it right? Kaka yeah. pee? Kaki pee. Kaki pee. Uh, that was nice. That was the best one, right? No, oh, actually, Wasabi no, sorry, Kit Kat's the, the Wasabi Kit Kat was incredible. Yeah. No, that's really good. And and again, it's the opposite of the plums. I was expecting to really dislike that. So it worked out yeah. for me. Thank you so much. Daniel, that, that was, was amazing. That was amazing. Yeah. I, incidentally, what's your favorite of all of these things? Of all of these ones that are on the table? Yeah. Uh, the plums? I mean... <laughs> Love them. <laughs> yeah, no, I like, I, like, I like those, yeah. And uh, khaki peas really... Uh, uh, it's just such a standard snack. You get it everywhere. Yeah, so yeah They're good. very yummy. And uh, I love the wasabi Kit Kats as well. They're Definitely. so good. Oh, man. Thank you so much. That yeah, was wicked. All right. Yeah. All right. Feedback. Let's do it. And that's now not, that we've, now that we've had that's not feeding. A term so. for Rory's vomit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, this is the offset. Oh, I think Daniel, you were going. You were going. Oh right. In. Okay. Cool. Okay. <clears throat> so uh, feedback is uh, you guys' questions. Thanks very it much is. for sending these it in. Um, I have here. Hey guys. Uh, which sounds like I'm about to start a YouTube video. Hey guys, <laughs> hey guys. Daniel here from Japan. <laughs> Let's get started. Let's some fish heads. <laughs> uh, avid IGN UK podcast listener and two-time uh, prepare to try live attendee, Chris Elliott became a father this week. Oh. Can you get a hearty congrats from the IGN UK team? Chris so Elliott. We do that first. Well bloody done. Congratulations. On c- liking Prepare to Try and also being a father <laughs> for the first time. And congrats from the IGN Japan team too. Yeah. Yay. Double. Yay. Smash. Double congrats. Uh, and do you guys, probably just Alex, have any advice for a pop culture loving dad? Uh, Alex isn't here, by the way. Uh, so, sorry. Uh, what should be the first TV show stroke movie the kid watches, first game, book, etc.? You've outed yourself as a dad. And this is from Ned Newbury in London. I'm a dad. Yes. I am a dad indeed, so uh, I can. I, 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 are there any other dads in here? No, right? Absolutely just me. Not. Okay. <laughs> I'll take point on that one then. Um, well, I guess, first of all, what would you imagine would be the first like movie or, or like a nerdy game? type? Thing show to a kid. I would go. Oh, what would you like for a kind of to get them indoctrinated? I think Star Wars is a great one. It's a safe one. It's one that there's a lot of killing in Star Wars. It's quite yeah. It's quite. There's a lot of death. Even in this is something that when you when you have a kid that you start to reappraise all these things. Mm. It's like. There's a lot of guns in Star Wars, and Mario just keeps jumping on these poor little creatures that <laughs> yeah. weren't even approaching him. You know, all of a sudden your kids stomping on turtles in the zoo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a nightmare. Totally. 
I, maybe it's a bit too complex, but like Wally strikes me as a very wholesome and fun thing. But maybe just the start, like the opening silence section, I think a kid's not going to be super interested in hearing loads of talking. It's just sort of funny things happening with a robot. Then the second bit's a bit sort of zooming around trying to save Ooh, a space station full of I got a good people. one. I got a good one. Go on. All right, you ready? Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck-It <laughs> Ralph. Because, sure? well, one, I love Wreck-It Ralph. You like all of Wreck-It Ralph. I, yeah, I love that movie. The whole sugar rush section is some of the worst. That's funny. It's that's terrible. some good jokes. But I, that's a good one because it's a, it's a fun movie. Uh, they'll enjoy it on a lot of levels. Uh, but also, I think then if they like have a connection with it as a young child and growing up, then they'll be like, "Oh my gosh, that's I know that from Wreck-It Ralph. Mm. It's like Space Invaders. That's the little noise that it made when he picked up the exclamation point. You know, that's like kind of a link." What's to you're the saying? Wreck-It Ralph should become the first point of knowledge. Uh, well, it's kind of like like it's kind of like when I was growing up, I watched a lot of The Simpsons, like a ton mm. of The Simpsons. So all your and references I actually, are actually references. I would, would then later in life watch the movies, and I'm like. That's from The Simpsons. It's like, obviously, I'm just rever- they're referencing the references. Yeah. Um, and that's going to happen, I think, more and more as we, we grow up. But uh, I think that's a good one to get kids into. I think you're both completely wrong. Okay. <laughs> no, I think... Uh, Feed them plums. If, if the kid... Uh, if if this, this kid's just been born, right? And um, That's true. And I mean... So we're talking about the first things to watch. Um, in our house, it was... Uh, the first TV show my kid gone into was Noddy. Noddy and Thomas the Tank Engine, they are super, super gentle. And Noddy, she just... Because Noddy, like, falls over and gets in trouble a lot. And my kid just pissed herself <laughs> laughing at the misfortunes of poor little Noddy. But isn't the point of this that it's something that a pop culture-loving dad can get into alongside their kid? Did you enjoy the travails of Noddy? No, I didn't. Did you like Ringo um, Starr's voice so, in Thomas no, the Tank Engine? No, because he doesn't do it anymore. Um, but okay, no, so no. in that case, uh, the other thing my kid really loved uh, from a very, 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 very tiny, tiny, tiny age was uh, uh, Pikachu out of Pokemon. Yeah. Because Pikachu, right, uh, kids yeah. can really, they can only see black and white when they're born. And then the first colors that come in are like yellow and red. Pikachu is black and yellow with little red cheeks. So that for one thing, she can see it. In. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> even know that. Yeah, so she, I had no she, idea. She had, uh, she had this little um, Pikachu teddy that I got from the Pokemon Center in Tokyo. That Because he has like little... Um, ears, right? Little horns. Yeah. It's easy to carry. It's easy to kind of grab onto for little hands, you know? Mm. Um, and then from that, she's kind of gone into... Um, she hasn't played the Pokemon games, but the the, the anime and stuff like yeah. that. Um, so that might be one. That's, That's actually a great good. one. Great idea. I like the science behind it as well. Does uh, that mean that... Wait. Does that mean that your kid saw Pikachu in colour before you? What? what? Oh. <laughs> Yeah, at a younger age yeah. than, than me, you mean? Because yeah. she wasn't born when the first no, Pokemon No, 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 that's... Out. Yes. Interesting. Uh, well, Pokemon <laughs> was... I mean, was it I in mean, colour? It, it wasn't actually... The screen was green, so does that count as... <laughs> what? Colour? It's a colour. A colour. <laughs> yeah, no, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, guess, I guess somehow that probably makes sense. Strange tangent. That's a good one. I, I, I agree with that one. Pikachu's good. Um, and for games, I mean, she especially my kid likes watching me play games. Yeah, um, a game controller is um, a little bit sort of big and unwieldy mm. for her. Though she's starting to get there now. She's been playing on my Switch a bit and playing. Um, uh, she can sort of manage to make Link walk around a bit in Zelda um, and not just off cliffs and into walls <laughs> like she used to when she was a little kid with like Mario 3D and stuff. Um, but she, I mean, she plays a hell of a lot of like iPad type games, yeah. like My Little Pony things, where it's like, oh, Dad, I really need this DLC because like I need, <laughs> I need three more ponies, or I can't even do this mission, and it's like twelve pounds. Yeah, oh my man. god! But um, 
uh, when she plays like real games, she likes Octodad. Ah, she likes watching me play Octodad. Um, she likes uh, Super Mario 3D World. She liked a lot. Um, Splatoon. Splatoon's a real good one. Um, and then for her to actually play herself, I've been trying to get her to play Pac-Man. Because ah, it's the controls the original yeah. survival horror. It's a concept. <laughs> <laughs> It is. I guess it really is. Being chased yeah. by ghosts I guess it in a is. maze. It's terrifying. Yeah. All yeah. good. Good work. Yeah. And the f- her first movie that she saw in the cinema, we took her to see Paddington, which oh, I've heard that's that film was actually really, really good. Really good. Yeah. And you could see there's a lot of like British like TV comedy writers mm. were involved with it, like Will Smith, who did the not not that Will Smith, yes. but the Will Smith the one, who did the thick of it. The and thick of it, exactly. Um, whatever the a veep. He veep did as yeah, well. Yeah, that's right. And so there's a lot of like quite good jokes in it and stuff. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, there you go. Chris Elliott through Ned Newbury. That's a really nice thing to do, Ned. Well done on being nice to your friends. <laughs> <laughs> My bit of feedback comes from Ryan Ensler. He says, I'm reading the intro because it's very relevant. Hello, you salty Brits. More relevant than ever, as our table's littered with fish heads. I just realized I've pushed my hands through my hair, and now my hair's just going to smell like the sea. Uh, Over the past few weeks, I have really been enjoying your segment on bad movie theater experiences. So my story was when I went to see Arrival with my friend and his girlfriend. We were sitting in the front row with an extremely loud couple flanking us using military talk Uh, we were a team comp of three the nerd the jock um, with an extremely loud couple flanking us to our back left a row back they were talking at a normal to loud speaking volume and laughing at various parts of the movie about halfway through the film I did as, as many other people would in that situation and yelled shut the fuck up they quieted down for about five minutes and resumed being a buzzkill to the entire theater what I like about that section is that um, Ryan doesn't really make a huge case for them being that bad. <laughs> like, they shouldn't be talking throughout a movie, obviously. But there's something about him going, yeah, they were sort of talking at a normal level, so I scream, shut the fuck up. Wow. Like, They're talking at a normal no, level. is loud enough to be annoying. Obviously. Right? Like, they shouldn't be talking at all. And they were laughing at various parts of the movie. <laughs> to be fair, there's not many jokes in Arrival. <laughs> Shouldn't yeah. shouldn't be laughing. Oh yeah, it. actually, I forgot that it was a rival. Jeremy Absolutely. Quite you know, I tried fine. to I watch agree. a rival on the on the plane over here, but uh, <laughs> they had hard coded subs, and it was including like the descriptive subs. Oh like, right, a baby cries right at the beginning of that movie, and it says baby crying, and I just thought I ain't watching this. <laughs> <laughs> I need to watch this in a, in a better way. You should Sorry. watch that film though; it's, it's mad good. Uh, about ten minutes towards the end of the film, I got fed up and tossed my empty candy box towards them, knowing the trajectory would completely miss them, but still get their attention. <laughs> nope. The box hit the girl straight on the shoulder. Uh, the couple were noticeably jolted out of their own private asshole world. Yeah, wait, who's the asshole here? What? Exactly. <laughs> who's this, assaulting this is, I think who? Ryan is... I think Gav would appreciate Ryan's verbal and physical attack. I think there's maybe, maybe a more... Uh, I don't know. I think we're in... We are in a grey zone. Like, this is very much... Um, <clears throat> I don't know, this is like Russian literature. Uh, as soon as the credits began to roll, the boyfriend ran up behind us and began to confront my friend. Uh, he proceeded to grab my freshly filled, girthy, diabetes-inducing American soda from my armrest and dumped it all over my head. <sighs> I could tell after that exchange that the guy was rather thuggish and would most likely confront me in the parking lot. 
People around us gave awkward stares, and a couple even agreed that the guy overreacted and was a chode. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of Ryan turning around being like, I guess a chode, right? And they're like, yeah, total chode. I decided to get out of there before security tried to rope me into something worse. I was smart enough rope to- Rope him into something worse. Kid, you got the tossing skills we need. Could you throw stuff at people all day? I was smart enough to change from my hoodie into a leather jacket so I was unrecognizable and ninjaed my ass back to my car. Unrecognizable? You got a different jacket on. Luckily, the guy didn't find me, but I'd like to thank Hitman and Assassin's Creed for giving me some decent chops to get out of a public area unnoticed. Ryan, right. you should be in prison. There's a lot to unpack here, isn't there? Do you know, I, I don't miss living in Britain. I tell you, you know. He's from... The idea of, of anyone having a fight at the cinema in Tokyo is just unthinkable he, no one would even rate like talk in a movie let alone fight each other god I have to move I need some of that because <laughs> well this is uh, oh this is from an entirely different European country oh are we not yes. gonna are we not gonna give our uh, our own cinema altercation oh, well we can if you've got if you've got uh, one <laughs> this has become like a weird long running thing where Gav oh, I see Gav's very aggressive about uh, maintaining order in cinema um, in an extremely Gav-like way. Yeah. And so, Sometimes he doesn't have a ticket. He just goes to make, watch over everyone. <laughs> He's just like an informal usher. <laughs> like um, a shit Batman. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's become... Basically, we don't really get feedback anymore. We just get bad cinema stories. So I'm going to read out another one. Okay. This one's from, and I'm going to mispronounce this, Hakon Lingstad. Uh... Hi guys, wanted to chip in with the story of the ever-going collection of strange tales from the cinema. I don't usually go watch films on my own, but none of my friends wanted to watch Whiplash, and I really did. So back when it first premiered here in Norway, a couple of years back, I decided to make an exception to my rule. Now, when I go to watch a movie, I usually take a box of After Eights. That's weird already. Yep. Maybe that's a cultural thing that we don't know. I can see how it might seem to lie on the stranger side of the cinema snack spectrum, but it's my favourite chocolate, and a whole box is way too much for a feature film, so it usually lasts me the whole weekend. Even though there were only five people who got... They do sell small packs of After Eights, don't they? I don't mm, know, clearly it. not in Norway. Even though there were only five people who'd gotten tickets to this particular showing of Whiplash, this one guy had ordered the seat next to me. Irritating, but I did the only right thing and bottled my frustration up inside. Even with this moron next to me, I went on to enjoy the film, nibbling on my beloved After Eights throughout. However, as the film was reaching its climax, I discovered the box of chocolates was filled with nothing but empty black sleeves. I put them back like a sane human being. <laughs> what? Wait, you what? put the sleeves back in. Wait, what's, no. what, what's happening? Why, why, He's saying he they... eats the after eights. You know they come in the little sleeves. Yeah. And he puts the sleeves back in the box. Well, that's fair enough. They keep I've done, I think I've done that I don't want to make a mess on the I would on never the floor. do that. I would just... What are you doing? Just toss them around? No, I'd, pick, I'd put them on the floor, but then I'd pick them up at the end. You'd put them, them on the floor? I'd pick them a monster. Yeah, but what? some of them might sort of waft away. What if they fall out? What if someone kicks yeah, feet They would be quite crinkly. You shouldn't be eating after eights anyway, because they are crinkly. That's what I'm saying. What? They're not crazy. They make any noise. Well, the packet, you mean? The packet, the the sleeves. As you're taking them out, you're going to be crinkling away. Yeah, those mission impossible maneuvers, just like absolutely removed. Given that Hakon Lingstad always eats a box of after eights in the cinema, I think he's got those moves. Anyway, we've gotten off track 
by everyone else being wrong. Frankly, I felt a bit ashamed as I bought one of the larger boxes, and I definitely thought that would last me at least half a week. Oh no, I think I know what's going to happen. Even without the After Eights, I was impressed by the final jazz performance in Whiplash, grinning as the credits started rolling. As the lights turned on and I grabbed my coat, however, I made a revelatory discovery. Oh no. Littered around the seat next to me were a couple dozen After Eights sleeves. The bastard next to me had turned out to be a devious mint chocolate oh, wow. thief. He was already on, out, on his way out the door, and I was far too much of a coward to go after him and ask what the fuck the deal was, although I felt like J.K. Simmons. If only I had some of that intimidating Welsh gusto. <laughs> uh, I've never been back to the cinema on my own since, and I'm always keeping an eye out for my snacks. Stay safe out Aww. there. But All the best, Hack on Linkstad. One thing I would say, though, is that if the packet is too big for you to finish anyway... It's nice to share, isn't it? Yeah, but that's not sharing. <laughs> that's, that's like saying that if you get burgled because you left your window open, you shared your TV with the burglar. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, so. that's very weird. That's mad, isn't it? Do you think that person just thought it was like a really cool Norwegian tradition that there would be a box of after eights <laughs> oh, on the, the communal um, after eights at this? Uh, yeah, I'll come here again. The Every armrest has a box of after eights. I've been saying it for years. That's why when you get popcorn at the cinema, you always put a hole in the bottom for your penis to put into the box, so that if anyone tries to grab your popcorn, um, then they know. But that's I'm not sure that yeah. stands up in court. I don't understand. <laughs> they grabbed it. I did not put it in their hands. I don't know how that's going to stop people because they'll still eat the top of the popcorn, unless. How big are you? <laughs> <laughs> just a dick. Like, just sprouting words. Like, don't even think about it. <laughs> oh, dear. Salty or sweet. <laughs> Salty or sweet, indeed. Buttered, my friend. Buttered. Oh. Cool. That's a good um, way to end the book. Well, the strange... Oh, sorry. I, was, I, I, did, I did think of a, a strange cinema experience, which was... Um, this was a couple months ago. We did a, a thing with uh, the new Resident Evil movie, the, the final one. I saw that. Oh, the live stream, right? Yeah, we did a... A special yeah, live stream great. in Japan. We had a bunch of Japanese celebs come on and, and sort of play this special Resident Evil movie game that Sony had made and whatever. It was quite fun. But anyway, as part of that, they, they had the movie premiere in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. And so I went along to the premiere. I'd already seen the film by this point, so it was my second time going along. And uh, you know, sometimes in cinemas they have like the sort of the fancy seat area, right? Yeah, yeah like, where, the, where yeah, like yeah, the yeah, VIP yeah. bit. So this was the movie premiere, and my seat was right there in front of that VIP bit, mm-hmm. and Mila Jovovich was sitting literally behind my back. Nice. Right? And she spent the whole movie like laughing really loud at all the jokes and heckling the screen, and when when somebody did like a really good kill, she was like, oh yeah, you know, that kind of thing. I would lose it was my mind. Fantastic. You, so you enjoyed that experience? Well, I mean... I suppose it's your second time, so you're not I'd already out seen the film, but I'm, you know, just... It was just how how uh, she was so into it. She was enjoying it so much. Yeah, yeah. And I, you can't really turn around and tell her to shut up sh- either. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to watch you. Do you mind? Did you see? Um, did you see those tweets from the Ghost in the Shell premiere in Japan, where this guy was like, uh, "I'm at the premiere of Ghost in the Shell. This guy won't stop playing on his new games console." And it was Shigeru Miyamoto oh in, the, in the row behind him. And really? then he was like, "And there's this other guy who just I can't remember what was he playing a Vita." Uh, yeah, <laughs> he made another joke. I can't remember exactly what the joke was, so I've ruined it. Virtual boy in the cinema. But basically, it turns out that two rows behind that, Hideo Kojima was in there as well. Oh so it's like all these guys just turning up to Imagine watch. that screening. Oh, my God. Be the best. Just absolutely die. But that was the IGN UK podcast. Uh, you can email your own feedback, which, let's face it, it's probably cinema stories, to IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Mm-hmm. Also, actually, if you want to send questions about 
what it was like me and Jeff Kaplan or predicting what you think the hero facts will be. I would actually be very interested yeah. in knowing what those are. Um, Daniel, where, where can people find you? Where can people find me? I'm on Twitter at uh, No More Daniels. No More Daniels. Yeah. It's, uh, it's <laughs> it, a, we have enough already. It's a No We're More done. Heroes. Uh, well, I anyway. see. Um, or uh, jp.ign.com, of course, if you want to read the site in Japanese. Look at the um, pretty pictures. But we do, we do make you know lots of videos that are fun to watch. Yeah. We, we do our own podcast too, which is called Shabedi Sugi Gamer, which means gamers who talk too much. And, uh, <laughs> That's awesome. That's, that it's, is uh, it's all, all in gamers. Japanese, but you're more than welcome. Welcome to. Actually, it's been really nice to just sit here and talk at length in English. <laughs> That's been so nice. Excellent. I'm glad yeah. we could accommodate and Absolutely. also, um, I don't know, slightly rudely react to the food you brought very kindly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's been. The hey, podcast. I'm gonna Whoa. when I get back to my desk, I'm gonna try the reverse, which was I found uh, this morning a can of cucumber and mint drink. Oh my god! Yeah, so you guys do it too. Yeah, that, yeah. that's totally fair. Yeah, fair <laughs> we enough. We are morons. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, thank you for joining us, and we'll be back next week probably if we can be bothered. See you Bye. later. <laughs> bye bye. Cheers. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.